Cerca di contrastarlo Juan Jesus, il tocco di Esciarawi, cerca il colpo di tacco, attenzione Nainggolan, riesce a mantenere il possesso di palla, palla sulla destra verso Bruno Perez, avanza Samir davanti a lui, ancora Bruno Perez cerca spazio, il tocco è arretrato e per Strottman lancia in area di rigore per Nainggolan, tira go, go, go! Hello again and welcome to the Roma Press podcast. I'm James Goodison. I'm joined by the Roma Press editor, John Solano. John, welcome back. Thanks, James. How are you? Very good, very good. Uh, It's been another very busy week for Roma. We've had the victory over Atalanta, transfer madness, and uh, now we've got Sunday's game against Inter as well. We're going to get to all of that shortly, and then later in the podcast, we'll be joined by Nima, the editor of SempreInter.com, to preview Roma against Inter, which is this weekend. And it's also worth noting, I hear you ask as you listen to this on Friday or Saturday, James, John, why aren't you talking about the Champions League draw? Well, guess what? It's happening literally right now as we're recording this podcast. Before I even did the introduction, John and I just uh, enjoyed, shall we say, Juventus getting drawn against Barcelona. Um, So we're sort of at the, the second... Um, the second team drawing bit. Uh, they're now giving Luka Modric the midfielder award, but you know how long these things take, I'm sure every football fan knows. So we'll probably be able to give you live reaction if we can keep half an hour on the draw as Roma get um, sentenced to a group of death, most likely. That's probably what's going to happen, isn't it, John? Um, you would think so, given the luck of this club. Um, but I think all of this pales in comparison to the face that Totti just made when he drew Juve's name in the same group with Barcelona. Um, Wow, what a (laughs) reaction he made. Um, I mean, given, you know, the way it's shaping up right now, they just drew pot two. Um, We'll we'll probably have it in about 10 minutes. We'll have room. Yeah, we we should have it shortly. Yeah, and then then we'll be able to to talk about that. And then I was about to say we can talk about Inter's group, but oh, wait. Nima won't be able to talk about that for a little while. Oh, Sorry, gosh. Um, okay, so in the meantime, whilst Luka Modric waddles up to get his midfielder of the year or whatever award, let's talk about the game from last weekend. John, both you and I predicted score, draw, uh, score draws against Atalanta, but pleasantly surprised that we managed to scrape a 1-0 win against our bogey team? Oh, absolutely. Um you know, no complaints from me whatsoever. The The result was fantastic. Uh, the play, the style, um, the execution was not entirely there. Um, but I wrote about this earlier in the week. Uh, Roma and the fans, um, the media, were um, not exactly in a position to be critiquing uh, the way Roma come about their points. So, Let's let's keep calm. It was an ugly victory, um, but a necessary victory. Um, you know, the headlines went to Milan, uh, Inter, uh, and Juve for the way they won. Um, but those were all significantly easier uh, matches that they faced. Uh, for me, um, 
what we saw from Roma uh, stands above what the other big clubs did. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone's heard the statistic, but that was Atalanta's first loss at home in 2017. So really, if you're able to get out of there with three points, um, I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you win on an own goal. Um, let's not complain. Let's enjoy a fantastic result, in my opinion. Yes, totally. And uh, interesting to see Kolarov um, score on his debut as well. Uh, nice free kick, must be said. But um, perhaps we could talk about our sort of uh, attacking prowess. The defence as well, we've got to get to. We've got to get to so much, especially with Inter on the uh, horizon and our right back position looking very dodgy. Um, but, I mean, what did you think of Eusebio's 4-3-3 and, and how it came into action in the first game of this season? Um, it was a little... Uh, I had mixed reviews, in my opinion. Obviously, the right-back... You know, uh, you know, as it stands right now, the right-back position is in just a dire state. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to make... Uh, in my opinion, I, I think... You know, Di Francesco is really going to have to put a makeshift defense this weekend against Inter, which is really a big disappointment and such a huge match. Um, but, you know, Roma, they had opportunities uh, to score more against Atalanta. Um, they really just didn't take them. Um, you know, they're going to take time. They're going to need time to sort of mold into what Di Francesco wants. This isn't your... You know, you're, you know, everyone says four three three, and it's easy to say, well, you know, every four three three is the same. But, you know, the way Di Francesco asks his midfielders to move, what he asks of his attacking line, you know, it, it's very different. So, this is going to take some time. I think we're not going to see the free flowing, beautiful football that we were used to seeing on a Spalletti. It's going to take some time. Um, I mean, in my opinion, for the first match, it was not pretty. Um, I mean, if we're handing out grades on a scale of 10, uh, the way they executed the 4-3-3, um, <laughs> probably a 4 or a 5, um, it, it was not pretty at all. But like I said, this is going to take time. we got to be patient. Um, so, so let's give the team that time. Okay, fair enough. Perhaps we should move on to transfer business uh, because – we were saying just before the podcast started, a lot, uh, a lot seems to have changed in the past hour or so um, when we're recording this. John, let's talk to them about it. What do you think about Roma's um, new pursuits? So um, we've really, you know, just within the last hour as we record this, um, we've seen Berardi renew at Sassuolo. Um, we've seen... Um, uh, Roma meeting for Patrick Schick. So a lot is going on. Um, very busy. So what have we seen? We've seen uh, for the past two or three days, Roma really go hard on Schick. Um, you know, they've they met with him today in Monte Carlo before the Champions League draw. Um, they've met with Sampdoria uh, earlier in the week. So it's pretty evident that Mades at this point um, is no longer in view, in my opinion. Um, you know, I've been tweeting this nonstop, but um, his agent has been very, very quiet. Um, I mean, myself, several other journalists um, trying to comment, trying to get a read on the situation. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's happening. They're being very quiet. They're keeping their cars close to the 
to the vest. Um, given what Leicester are saying publicly, I, I can't imagine that Mahrez is even on the table anymore. So what do we have right now with Schick? Well, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of tweets. Um, what does this mean for a right winger? Uh, you know, Schick is uh, a striker. Uh, does that mean Roma are no longer going for a, a right winger? What you know? What what does this mean for the rest of the market? And the, the best answer I can give is I don't know. Um, you know, from what I was told yesterday, and I again, this is another thing I tweeted out. Um, I've you know spoken with people at Roma about Sheik, um, and they're confident they're going to wrap the deal up. Um, you know, we're not talking about a small purchase here. We're we're talking about almost 40 million euros for a striker who primarily came off the bench at Sampdoria, um, and he only, you know, he had 11 goals. Now, granted, that's impressive. Um, uh, his ratio to minutes to goals is, you know, frankly fantastic. So, you know, he definitely has ability. He um, definitely has the potential to grow, but obviously. You know what kind of role is he going to have at Roma? Um, well, should this purchase go through? Speaking of Roma, they've just been drawn with Atletico Madrid and Chelsea in the Champions League. So, wow! Perhaps we can talk about that firstly. Yeah, wow, Group C. Um, hmm. Uh, difficult. Right, I mean, very, very difficult. Yeah, perhaps oh, I was. Uh, it was a bit premature laughing at Juve. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not the greatest of draws for Roma, to say the least. Um, Chelsea, wow. Antonio Conte, that would be interesting. Antonio Conte, um, you know, returning to Italy to face Roma. That would be interesting. Atletico Madrid, mm, I don't know. Not the force that they perhaps used to be. But, uh, and that surely the transfer ban would have hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is, um, oh, uh, you, you don't sound happy, John. No, uh, you know, this club, there's just something about it when it comes to the draws. They, um, oh my gosh, uh, they never have the luck. They, they just never have the luck. I mean, you want to talk about difficult away fixtures, my goodness. Um, I forget the, the name of the new stadium with uh, Atletico. Um, I think the Wanda is the name of it, but wow, that, uh, traveling to Spain, never easy. Um, Drawing Chelsea, champions of England. Um, wow. Um, <laughs> Hopefully we'll have a right back by then. That would be good, Ideally. Um, yeah. I mean, what do you really say? Uh, difficult, difficult, difficult group. Um, maybe eyes towards the uh, Europa League now, depending on who they draw um, in pot four. But, Wow. If you could have lined up two or three groups that, you know, Roma should have avoided and you hope to avoid, um, this is one of them. Um, we just saw Napoli draw City uh, in Shakhtar. So that's... Um, Some interesting groups coming out of this for all the yeah. teams. Um, yeah. Right. Well, let's get back to, to what we were talking about previously, um, transfers and the like. What movement can you see Roma making over the last sort of it's yes effectively a week um before before it all closes so i, I you know just my opinion um i think this deal for chic is going to go through uh, alone with obligation to buy um we've heard that inter is uh, the preference of chic but 
Roma are offering just so much more money um, in the loan fee. I, I can't envision Inter, you know, raising it to that level. So I think that's what we'll see. I think we'll see shit come in. Um, I don't know what that means at right winger. Um, you know, perhaps, perhaps we see uh, Roma ask for uh, Munir of Barcelona on loan. Um, they've said they've only wanted to do a permanent deal, but I think that's the point where we're at because if you spend 40 million euros um, on Schick on loan with obligation to buy, um, obviously when you do an operation like that, the obligation um, doesn't you know doesn't come into effect till next summer. Uh, the reason why clubs do that is you know they're able to defer payment. Um, so it, in theory, um, because it's loan with obligation to buy, they you know they'd still have money to spend. Um, but I, you know, given that they'd be paying such a huge fee for Schick, I, you know, I don't know how realistic that would be. So obviously, in my opinion, Schick um, will be coming in, and then I think they're going to go for a central defender on loan. Um, you know, their their options really, really are limited at this point. Um, it seems to be that Roma are mo- more focused on getting an attacker in first than maybe sort of. Uh, focusing their efforts uh, on on defense after that, but you know, given what we saw in the the Champions League draw, we have the league, um, we have the League Cup. Um, they're going to need a couple more names, just because as constructed, they're they're simply not good enough, in my opinion, to win any trophies. So, you know, bring in Schick, um, try if you can, uh, bring in a loan with perhaps an option to buy on Munir of Barcelona. And then try and find a name at central defender. I don't even know who they could realistically go for. Um, it's going to have to be, you know, a fairly cheap name. It's going to have to be someone who they could potentially pip on loan with option to buy. Um, so that's how I see it playing out. They'll, they'll purchase Schick, uh, turn their attention to maybe a right winger on loan, and then perhaps a central defender on loan. Fair enough. Should we talk about some of the questions we've got from Twitter over the past? Yeah, week? absolutely. We haven't even discussed Mares yet. We're about 13 minutes in. Um, so, one person on Twitter has asked, "What's the latest on Mares? Have Roma been priced out, or do you think they'll make another bid?" It seems like Leicester are holding for 50 million, uh, and Roma aren't prepared to go that high. Leicester don't need to sell. Morris isn't forcing anything. So surely it's just down to if the player actually makes an effort to change, then maybe something could happen. But is this the deal effectively dead in the water? Yeah, um, I don't want to call it dead in the water. Um, you know, things for for shit could fall through at the very last minute, and then Rome, uh, Roma go back in for Mara. So I don't want to call it dead in the water. Um, you know, I I really don't think this is. You know, you hate to say that you know they're not able to purchase him because they don't have the money. Um, I mean, they have the money there from the from the sales that they had of uh, Rudiger and, and Paradis, but. Um, I just think Roma are really reluctant to creep above that 40 million euro mark, um, which sort of seems to be the magic number that Leicester um, set um, for foreign clubs uh, to purchase Mares. Um, you know, it's unfortunate because I, I think he fits uh, this Roma and Di Francesco's tactics to a T. Um, and as I answer this, we just saw the final team in Group C get drawn into Roma's group. Uh, call. Korobag. Korobag, um, yeah, in uh, Azerbaijan, yeah. I believe. So, lovely uh, yeah. trip for them. Not the best draw 
to say no least. but potentially that that is a blessing in disguise because if you look at group four you had um you know leipzig from germany and other stronger teams so i mean it could potentially mean that roma could finish third and get into the europa league if anything else i mean silver linings and all that yeah 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 gotta yeah let's um try and stay positive to the extent that we can but anyway um as for Mara's again, I, I don't think Roma are really willing to creep above that 40 million euro mark. Um, so I don't think that they're necessarily priced out. Um, I just think they don't want to pay that much. They have the money. The, the money is there. They, if if Roma were that, you know, if they were that dead set on buying the player, um, they could absolutely pay 40 million euros for him. But as you said, James, uh, Leicester don't have to sell. Um, Amara really doesn't seem to be pushing the envelope. He's showing up to training. He's playing in the matches. He's playing well. Um, and their, ma- you know, their manager Craig Shakespeare has absolutely glowed over, um, over his attitude during this whole thing. He said he wanted to leave. Um, you know, no club is offering what they want, so um, they don't have to sell. So I don't think the move is dead in the water. But I mean, percentages um, <laughs> under ten percent, in my opinion, at this point, it. Um, it doesn't seem like anything that's going to go through, in my opinion. Right. Let's go back to the defensive crisis because somebody's asked on Twitter for the right back crisis. What should uh, Di Francesco do? Uh, shift the defense or change formation? John, what do you think he should do? Well, I I am not a fan of what he's doing with putting Manolas, um, trying him out at right back. Um, you know, Di Francesco, he, he gets all these comparisons to Zeman um, in, in the essence of he sticks with a 4-3-3. It's very offensive. He doesn't like to defend. It's very offensive. He doesn't like to defend. Um, and I've tweeted a few times this summer, you know, I think that's a bit unfair. Um, you know, Zeman, he said, is a mentor of his. He looks up to him. But the way they deploy their 4-3-3s is very different. But anyway, um, I, you know, in, in my opinion, Switching to a three-man back line, three-five-two, three-four-two-one, what have you, um, is a no-brainer, in my opinion. Um, you don't have a natural right back, so um, we saw a little bit of it last season. Um, well, where El Shadawi came into the side and he played at wing back, or, or it might have been Prodotti. I, I forget which, but uh, the point remains the same. Um, we saw Spalletti drop. You know, drop one of his wingers uh, and play his wing back. So uh, that's what I think should happen. Um, I, what I think they should do is put Terotti or El Sharawi in at right wing back, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, I, I, I have massive reservations about putting Manolas at right back, but um that appears to be what is going to be the case um i mean the speed isn't going to be an issue uh, Manol- uh, manolas is very quick he has fantastic recovery speed but um you hate to isolate such a great defender um on the flanks like that because uh, ivan perisic uh, of inter is a fantastic winger one of the best in the league um so we'll have to see uh, um again i i think he should go to a three three-man back line but um, it looks like he's going to just sort of make a makeshift defense and see what happens. So uh, we'll have to see what's in store for us on Saturday. 
Well, we'd now like to bring in and welcome Nima Tavali to the podcast. Nima is the founder of the Inter website, sempreinter.com. You can also find his work on goal.com as well. He's on Twitter at Nima Tavrud and sempreinter.com is on Twitter at sempreinter.com. Nima, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Yes, wonderful to have you on. Let's talk about we've got the match to talk about but first let's talk about this sort of transfer duel that's going on between Inter <laughs> and Roma for uh, Patrick Schick what are your thoughts about the player do you think he's worth the fuss and from your end what's been going on with bids well I think um, it's been quite a dramatic summer for regarding him I mean he was basically done he was going to sign for Juve and then they found this heart problem and then he had to rest and then you know he had to go to doctor to, to do- the doctor to get a clean bill of health to be able to get a license to play and now he's gotten that and then Inter were like they didn't get the clear they weren't cleared for financial fair play the way they were expected to so they can't spend money it's one in one out so it's uh, it's been quite because uh, they had a deal in place with um, uh, Sampdoria and now then they try to renegotiate it and so it's I, I, I gotta be honest with you I I think uh, Patrick Schick for me is not a winger he's for me he's more of a central uh, player and without Totti uh, and I see him more uh, at Roma to be honest than I do at Inter I think he suits more uh, Roma and given the how the squad looks at Roma I think that's where I think he would do better but I gotta be honest with you I think he's a decent player but I don't see this fuss like I, I, I'm not this hype around him as if he's the new you know he's the new golden child of you know I, I just don't see it I, I think he's good but I don't think he's a phenomenon absolutely not so sort of to go hand in hand with uh, with with Sheik um, so Inter you know at the helm now he sort of oversees both Inter and Jiangsu uh, Suning um, we have the famed the 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 good the the greatest smoker probably of Italian Marlboro Reds, uh, Walter Sabatini. Um, he's he goes down in Roma for, uh, Roma folklore. Um, opinions about him are just so divided. It's it's almost bizarre. You you know it, it's either one way or the other. There's there really seems to be no middle ground for what Sabatini did at the club. Um, just what are your general thoughts when he arrived in Inter? For me, um, I, I was a bit um, a bit puzzled because it always seemed like he was going to go to a lower club. Um, you know, um, up until he decided to quit Roma, we heard Bologna, um, we heard a couple other clubs, but I, I was frankly surprised he ended up going there. What I mean, what are your thoughts on him, Nima? I think Sabatini, I agree with Maurizio Sarri. It's probably the only time I ever agree with Maurizio Sarri when he says that, <laughs> uh, when he said that um, we think Sabatini is the best sporting director in Italy. I think right now he is. Uh, I think he's absolutely brilliant. Um, I think what he's done at Palermo, what he did at Lazio, what he did at Roma, it, it speaks for itself. The guy is brilliant in, in finding talent, finding cheap talent and selling it expensive for, for a lot of money. Um, so, no, I, I think he's fantastic. Um, and I'm really happy when he took over because uh, he's not the sporting director. Auxilio is the sporting director. Um, what uh, 
what what uh, Sabatini is doing. He's kind of the CEO of sports for Suning Sports, the parent company of Inter and Yangshu Suning. So um, I, I I think it was it, it was very good because I think he's come in and he's kind of cleaned things up and kind of di- helped to lead Auxilio into the uh, to help him you know to make his to make him perform better because I don't I don't agree with this uh, this uh, these these almost choleric expressions of hatred towards Auxilio and Suning. I think they're absolutely ridiculous and ludicrous and you have to be somewhat almost mentally retarded to, to, to <laughs> attack them in the way that you do because I mean if you look at the situation no but seriously I mean look at the situation prior to Suning coming in I think that it was a it was a complete chaos it was a financial meltdown and they've cleaned that stuff up in less than 12 months uh, Suning did not hire Frank De Boer and Zach Mancini. That was Eric Tohir. When that didn't work, they pushed Tohir aside. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> and then they uh, they brought in uh, their guys. And since then, they've just been. I think they've been doing a fantastic job. I think Auxilio showed that he doesn't have. He doesn't. He lacks in being the sole sporting director. He needs someone to back him up. And I think uh, Sabatini is perfect at the, in that role. <laughs> Yeah, now, the the one um, sort of contention I hear to any sort of compliment that is paid to Sabatini is that he's <laughs> never won anything throughout his career, which um, I, I but think... But then again, look at the situation he was in at Roma, too. I mean, it was a new new Palotta and then finally took over. He came in and he kind of, you know, it was it was a difficult situation. It wasn't, you know, it was during the financial fair play era. It wasn't, the, you know, during the era where you could just pump in money. I think that if the, if it was the previous era, then I think and, and he could have kept the players and given them the salaries that they wanted to get. I think Roma would have won a couple of Scudettos, to be perfectly honest with you. Absolutely. Um, and I think when you couple that with the buzzsaw that is Juve, um, I mean, they've just run into a historic Juve in this last four to five year run that they've had. Um, so so I, I completely agree with you. Um, I think Sabatini was almost made the scapegoat here. Um, and he was completely just run out of Rome, um, almost unfairly. So agree with you there. Um, so now, you know, Moving from the market to to the pitch, um, we saw a very strong Inter last weekend against Fiorentina. Um, what are you expecting against Roma? Now, it's uh, certainly they maybe I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but for me, it was sort of a perfect storm with uh, Fiorentina. They they were bringing in new guys, uh, they had a couple departures within the last couple of weeks, so maybe uh, maybe Inter found them at the right time. Um, what are your general thoughts on that match and then what what you're expecting against Roma? Well, basically, I would say that um, I agree with the analysis that, I mean, it was a perfect storm because Fiorentina are, they're in turmoil. They're in the middle of a, a some, apparently, an ownership change because the De La Valle brothers don't seem to want to be there anymore. Uh, complete disarray, new coach, players leaving, players coming. So this isn't the Fiorentina that we're used to seeing that can, that's a top five team. This is a Fiorentina that's kind of building from scratch with, a, uh, with which I was with led by a sporting director, Pantaleo Corvino, who I think might be the second best sporting director in Italy. He always gets it right. Um, but it will take some time. 
Fiorentina and Inter having taken Borja Valero and Matias Vecino from Fiorentina it was it, it, I was I was I actually <laughs> I predicted 3-0 before the game and I saw exactly what I wanted to see but I don't want to take anything away from Inter's performance because Icardi was sensational Perisic was magical the tactics deployed by Spalletti were were spot on now it's a little bit uh, up to you know to show what they're made of because is this the real thing or not uh, it's too early to say it was just the second day of the season but still Roma away who have undergone a new identity uh, as well with Monchi coming in as a brilliant sporting director and Eusebio Di Francesco who wants his ideas you've lost Salah you've lost Rudiger it's 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 two teams that are in a transition phase, um, but it, but Roma I don't want to take uh, you can't ever disregard Roma. Jeco is still Jeco. Uh, you have a great players. You have some problems on your right wing, uh, on your right yes. wing of defense because you don't seem to have a yeah. single player. <laughs> like you have to go yeah. down to the under 16s to find a natural uh, right wing, right fullback. Yeah, what right wing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is, is a complete bizarre situation. It's like five right fullbacks that are injured, all of them. Yep. It's, it's just completely bizarre. So there's talk of Manolas playing there. Um, no, but we'll see. I mean, I think it will be a very... For me, I think this is a little bit for both Inter and Roma to kind of show show their pedigree, what they're made of this season. Nima, what about um, Spalletti's return? We've touched upon it before. This is... I mean, literally, it almost couldn't have come sooner. Um, do you think that what do you think the environment's going to be like? What sort of reception is he going to get from the fans? And obviously we touched upon injuries, the fact that Roma just don't seem to have a right back at all, despite five of them being injured. It's just uh, horrendous luck. Do you think that on paper, when everybody's healthy, these two teams are pretty balanced in terms of ability? Or would you say there's, you know, one's better than the other? I, I would I would say that they're evenly balanced. Um, I think Roma is a bit is a very good is a very sound team in the sense that it's how it's built. Um, I I would say the way I look at it, Spalletti. I mean, Spalletti, I'm not his biggest fan. I've never been, but I think that he was the right person to bring in at this moment in time because Spalletti has never really failed in the Serie A. Uh, if you look at his his track record, and he's also a coach that I think he's taken the most points in Roma's history in Serie A but it's just that he was up against the Juve that was just a hundred times like a historic Juve so Spalletti is is uh, is the right choice but not only that the most important thing no matter who the coach is is that in Inter they've never really basically since the, since Mourinho left no coach has been backed up 100% and be and has been allowed to implement his ideas both on and off the pitch in terms you know not just tactically but also in terms of who stays in the in the squad and Inter have finally done that they understood that they need to be you know strength through unity and uh, that's that's why I think it's it's good to see that Spalletti has that support of the club, and that also means that there's not that much turbulence around. I mean, the Condogbia situation was handled fantastically by Spalletti. I think he he passed that test with flying colours. The way he laid down the law and said that you did wrong and, and, and marked that this was you know you went you, you know you went over the line, but at the same time did, there was no caso con Condogbia. It was it was handled in a very professional manner, and I think this is really important because if you can handle Roma 
and totti <laughs> you can handle Kondogbia, I think that. So um, I, I'm really impressed with what I've seen from Spalletti so far. He's very di- direct and clear, and everyone seems to know what they want to do. And Icardi, after Fiorentina, said that no coach has ever made him feel this hunger that Spalletti has. And that's important. The the passion, passion, but intelligent passion, not just you know with Mazzari where people were passionate, but they were they didn't know what the hell to do. So, I'm, 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 <laughs> and and then it started to rain, as the famous quote. Goes. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> no, so no, I'm, I'm I'm I think Spalletti. I think Spalletti is the right man for Inter right now. I think what we're in, what he needs, we, he needs, we need to raise the quality of the bench at Inter. The problem, the starting lineup, the starting eleven is is strong, but it's the it's the discrepancy between the people on the bench and the starting players, especially on fullback and right and left wing, that's been Inter's problem. And uh, I hope they fix this. I mean, I don't know Caramoa. Uh, I haven't seen enough of him to say whether or not he's a decent, you know, good enough to be on that level. Sheik. Uh, Obviously, you don't buy a player for 30 million to keep him on the bench. So, and also, he's not a natural winger. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens there. But I definitely see Inter buying two, two bringing in two two central defenders. Finally, brilliant. So, hmm. last time I predicted when Inter played against Roma, I, I I haven't predicted these games for three four years because the last time I predicted, I said that Inter was going to win three nil and Palacio was going to score two times. It ended up being the other way around and Totti scored twice, giving a complete masterclass at the San Siro. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be be there uh, covering the game for Sempre Inter live. So I don't want to I don't want to predict because every time I predict, yeah. it goes up. And Scaramancia, I'm I'm a little bit superstitious that way. So no, but in all honesty, I think it will. Um, I think it's a draw. I I think it's a one-all draw. I think Jekko will get one, and Icardi will get one. Completely fair. Um, Nima taking the coward's way out with the one-all draw, <laughs> failing yep, yep. to make a decisive pick. Uh, <laughs> that is completely fine. I do not blame you whatsoever. I would have done the same thing. Um, again, you can find Nima on Twitter at N I N. M-A-T-A-V-R-O-O-D. His website, SempreInter.com, is at SempreInter.com. Nima, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate your time. Uh, I'm looking forward to a good match on Saturday. Yeah, same. And uh, thanks for having me. Pleasure was all mine. That's all for today on the Roma Press Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, leave us a review on iTunes if you fancy, and hang around for next week's episode. See you later.